Hold your breath. Make a wish. Hello, hello. There we go. There we go. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can. Great. You'll see a world of pure imagination. (laughs) Angie. That's the intro, by the way. I, my computer's being soups slow, so I'm sorry about that. I, I just like, it's just, you know, wanted to be things, an idiot. Things that I'm not into today. Um, wow. Also, also, I it was cool, you know, going on like a mini tour because I didn't have to stay in my apartment every second of every day. Oh, yeah. How was uh, Smell Aware? Well, Smell-Aware was cool, um, and then I went to Ohio to play a gig. Oh, why, why'd you do that? Uh, money. <laughs> Just kidding. I know, money. I know. I, know. I mean... <laughs> Where in Ohio? Uh, Springsboro. It's like halfway between Columbus and um, Cincinnati, but it's like in a super bougie part, so mm-hmm. it was there's like a really nice park that had this great amphitheater, and they did everything was like social distanced and they were like hey stay in your spot don't like go outside your spot like wear a mask you don't have to but like just be safe and like don't rush the stage Mm -hmm. it was it was actually pretty cool the only thing is just you know 10 hour car trip yeah i i i've only done that because i went to go for visit our friend joe who is living in cleveland but i remember when i was driving there it's the first time i saw the sign for a place called toledo Oh, yeah, Toledo, Ohio, yeah. But I only heard Toledo in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I didn't even know if, if it was a real place. It was, it was always just like a sign that you just knew was in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it would be like <laughs> Toledo, uh, 300 miles this way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as someone who's um, driven to a, to a number of faraway gigs, um, Ohio is a wide boy. That's the way it is. Also, shout out to Joe, who who listens to us. Love you, Joe. Love you, Joe. Uh, yeah, we love you. It's pure love. It's man love. Man. <laughs> different than different it's, than other types of loves. Yeah, it's 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 strong. It's it's it's, it's girthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's, let's right. get into it. Let's get into it. All right, hit us with that intro, son. Hello, listener. Welcome to Well, That's New, a show where we give you random facts about random things from the official source we weren't allowed to use in high school, Wikipedia. I'm your host, <laughs> I'm your host Andrew, but you can call me Grau, and I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron, and in my phone, it is Senor Bitches. Uh, it is me, Senor Bitches. Get your Hola. bitches. Hola. Hola, bitches. Get me some queso. Whoa. <laughs> I like this. I like this spicy rein- reinvention. All right. He's he's our first character. I love uh, it. Senor <laughs> Bitches. He, he's always asking for queso. Me, also same. Uh, also same. And chimichangas are his favorite. Also same. You know, you know what's crazy? I, I hate to, to, to tangent so hard, but... Um, Here you know, we go. This is what it's all about, baby. Being, being from the East East Coast, um, especially upstate East Coast, uh, there's not a ton of um, like really good like Mexican spots. So I didn't really grow up with like really good Mexican food. And 
I remember I had never had a chimichanga. And then when I was out in LA for my first time, I was like, yeah, I never had a chimichanga. And everyone looked at me like I had 17 heads. Mm-hmm. And we went and got a chimichanga. It was delicious. Yeah. I, I happened to grow up in a place, even though it's like central Jersey, uh, it, it has a lot of Mexican people living there. And I, my favorite place is it's this place called El Maison. It's in Freehold. It's like basically center of Jersey. Nice. And, he, and it was... It's all run by Mexicans, and it's the most pure Mexican food I've ever had. Other than, like, I had Mexican food in L.A., but, like, I don't know. It's something about being in your hometown, but also being actually really good. Yeah, that's... You know? I mean, we were talking about... um, I mean, you know, you and I both listen to a lot of the Doughboys podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know? Shout out to Doughboys. One day, we'll be Shout out Nick Weiger. But I think I might be uh, part of Spoon Nation. I'm a burger brigade all the way. You know what? Some days I'm one, some days I'm the other. Exactly. Depends on my mood. Some days I definitely feel like a Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) Some days I feel like a Weiger, more of a Mitch. But I love it when they talk about um, Chinese food and how, like, on the East Coast, like, Chinese food is just way different and way more lit. And it's just so good. And I, like, have to agree. And even in Delaware, we, we went to this place called just, like, taste garden mm-hmm. and i got this i got this general south shrimp that was outrageous yeah. it was cheap and i was like i was like man like yeah that's that's the stuff and that's like it's so good absolutely yeah i i also grew up in a place with actually very very good chinese food and uh i also happened to live near new york and my mom's favorite places were in chinatown so oh, we would sometimes yeah. ma- make the trek out to chinatown and even though I know it's like the Americanized version of Chinese it's, food, it's fantastic. It's like it's yeah. like it's just good food. You know, you can't you can't mess with good food, whether exactly. just and, because it's not authentic. Like I've had authentic yeah. food, and it's great in its own way. You know, yeah. it, it's it's a mood. It, it's a mood. Uh, depends it, on it like, is a mood. yeah. It depends on like how, how how like what you really are into. Do you want that like nice sticky sweet fucking General Tso's chicken? Or, do, yeah. or, or are you more of a low main person or just straight up dumplings? Man, hey, I'm here I, for I, I, could fu- I could fuck a dumpling. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I will say I, I loved uh, where I went to grad school was in the like legit Chinatown, Chinatown of Queens mm-hmm. and Flushing. And then I recently, um, you know, lived in, in and around actual like Manhattan Chinatown. And sometimes, you know, you just want that, that, Panda Express E sort of food, and sometimes it's like, no, I just want to go to a place where there's ducks hanging on the wall. It's oh. literally rice, roast duck, five bucks. That's it. And I'm like, that is a mood as well. Duck is like, Peking duck is like Ooh. top five food for me. Oh my god, I hundred percent agree. And like, it's, it's great all the time. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, when it's bad, it when it's bad, it's great. It's 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 it's, so it's just the difference is that usually when it's bad, it just means it's more fatty. But like, Which, okay. But I mean, Sorry. uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my hand at a segue. Uh, uh, let's do it. Let's actually get so, to our first article. So I'm gonna go to my first article. Can you see it? We all shared. Uh, let's see. Yes, we're in. So uh, this is a this is kind of a short boy, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some uh-huh. other stuff. So this is called uh, Devrinden. Van Jacob, and it is a restaurant in this in Sandport, Netherlands. So let's just see if they give us a little 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 infograph here. Sandport. 
It is a village in the Dutch province of North Holland, and it's a part of a municipality of Velsen. Um, don't know anything about that, but it's just in the north part of uh, Holland, and it's a fine dining restaurant and was awarded one Michelin star for from 2006 to now. And for those people that don't know what a Michelin star is, um, it's basically like the top restaurants ever. And Michelin, if you have a Michelin star, if you have like a Michelin star and like you can go all the way up to, I think, four. Hold on, let's just click on it. But it's That's basically like this together. is like, yeah, getting a Michelin star basically like means like you're one of the best restaurants. And so to get a Michelin star, like, a, oh, there it is, three, three Michelin star. It just means that like you're like one of the top restaurants there like that that those are not given out lightly like zagat rating i feel like gets that you know given out a little more heav- mm-hmm. heavily handed um let's see yeah michelin guide is the only guide that counts it's <laughs> basically the academy awards for restaurants beautiful i will go to all those places but yeah. first i will have to be a millionaire I mean, yeah, I've, I've been to, I've been to recently, um, I got ramen from a Michelin star rated place and really, let's just, let's just say it was it worth, like the, it. it was worth the 20 bucks. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, so the, the, the Galt Milieu awarded the restaurant with 16 out of 20 points. It's a French restaurant guide. So I think that's kind of, I, I, all right, this is maybe a little, tangential but also a little i don't know i'm gonna say uh, Get controversial into hot Get take into i don't know why the french think that they're the that they are the fine dining experts I, I i know they think they are i just don't i just don't think that they should be going all over the world being like well this is up to french standards is this up to you know i i'm gonna say that's uh, some some bs i uh, you know what i'll agree that's fine <laughs> i i accept i accept your your proposal and yeah. uh, I'll take it into consideration. So what I, I know what, what I, you mean, I know what you mean, but yeah. it's like, it's one of those things like whose standard is the standard. I, I don't, you know what? I, one thing I learned is that I saw this documentary, it's called from blood into wine. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's about the singer of tool. He had like, he basically started a wine vineyard mm-hmm. and um, it was all about the intricacies of like, having a vineyard and he like starting a vineyard and all the things you got to think about and how every little detail somehow leads to the end product of whatever whatever wine you're ma- you're making for sure but but on top of that he was talking about like uh wine reviews he said well yeah. the thing about wine reviews yeah like maybe this guy's a famous wine reviewer but you have to find someone with literally the same palette that you have cuz oh. then cuz then You'll understand then if they have the same palette as you, then you'll understand like, oh, if this guy likes it, then I'm gonna like it. Opposed to it just yeah, and that's the same thing even with movie reviewers. That's they have true. to like, I mean, maybe that's a little more general, but I feel like if you have a particular guy you like to read, there's a reason because they have have very similar taste yeah. to what you like, and then if they like it, then you'll like it. So it's I mean, just something I, I never really considered yeah. with ratings in general. Yes. I think it's just because taste goes into everything, you know, music, movies, you know, things that you actually eat, you know, even, even, even so far as like stand up comedy, like I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not even going to say that I'm, I'm uh, deferential when it comes to stand up comedy. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Yeah. And you know, when people recommend me a comedian and you know, I take into heavy consideration, you know, like everything with a, a grain of salt. 
However, I will say uh, we, you know, in the tour van, um, there was a uh, a request for Dane Cook's first album, and I I know that's like a little passe, but I'm sorry that first album. Oh, was I I high lo- school. I love I love that first album because I yeah. I remember I watched uh, the Comedy Central spe- his first Comedy Central special. And yeah. I was like, it- I was like, damn, this guy's just like exploding with energy. You know, he's shitting on the coats. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got it all. <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I mean, my, my comedy tastes have changed a lot over the of years. Of course, but like um, he was, but he, he like, I mean, he just had a vibe that no one really yeah. was doing. And he, at yeah. least that first album was like, just knocked it out of the park of whatever, whatever freaking style he was going with. I just have to tell you once tiny funny thing oh, i don't please. even think you were there but when where we went to school uh there's this one time we went to this restaurant that was like in the middle of the fucking woods you know <laughs> it, it it was it was near our friend rob's house and rob lived on a farm that i don't even think it had an address you just had yeah. to know where it was you just uh, had to ask rob rob where is this rob where is it uh you know you make a right at the third largest tree you see and <laughs> <laughs> anyway so so we went to this place in the middle of fucking nowhere and i think we went there because uh like they had good barbecue but i think there might be an open mic so we're just like yeah whatever they want to everyone just ha- wanted to have fun and do something at, at the open mic but sure but the, it was like they were giving out not like an award but like you know whoever did the best they would give them some sort of prize for sure a- and the guy that won was a guy that was just telling dane cook jokes he wasn't he he was just telling dane cook jokes and he won wow (laughs) and we all knew and we were like (laughs) we're like you can't just do someone else's like it's one thing to steal a joke it's another thing to just do their jokes (laughs) and i just felt like this was the most upstate in the middle of fucking nowhere thing that would happen that's so funny. Oh man. It's very specific. Um yeah. All right. So, anyway. So ba- uh, back to the Netherlands. Back to the Netherlands. So <laughs> there uh the the head chef is this guy, Alain Alders. I don't know who it is. There's not even a page, so I guess he's not that important. So he's he doesn't he doesn't matter. Uh, I do I do think it's interesting. Like there's a small thumbnail picture of it. It looks like a giant castle. So it's literally on a country estate. Um and it's like a, it's a it's it's a hotel as well, and it was closed for like renovations because it looks very very old. Yes, uh, it, but, it looks oh, like yeah. some. It looks like a house out of a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, exactly. And it, it says even says the estate is over a hundred years old, and uh, it was originally a conference center and holiday resort for, you know, for staff of ABN AMRO. Oh, Dutch Bank. It's like a oh Dutch Bank. Okay, interesting. Mm. So. Basically, it, w- it existed just for Dutch bank holiday people, but now it's uh, open to the general public. It seats about 40. I'm just going to click on this official website real quick because I kind of want to check this menu. It says French oh. and Mediterranean, and I fuck with Mediterranean food soups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. It says Uh-oh. page Four, not found. 404. Oh, wait. No. Oh, my. And it's all in Dutch. Book a table. Let's see when we- the next time we could book a table. I wanted yeah, to see. I just want to see. Book a room. Book a table. Well, I said book a table. God damn it! I'm sorry. The room looks nice. I'm not nice. yelling at you. I'm yelling at the website that can't yell back at me. We're also going to leave it all in Dutch for right now. 
I mean, oh. that's uh, uh. Oh, fine. I'll go English. No. <laughs> I wanted to click around in the dark. Let's see. What do you want to do? Dinner? Number of persons? Ooh, let's, I can do 20. Let's, let's say, let's say, let's say 20. Fuck let's, it. Oh, wow. Okay, so they're booking. Oh. You can get this for next week. So Damn. this was not as that was not as impressive as I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought it'd be like, it. well, it's gonna be July next year. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Considering the time right now, they're like, yeah, yeah. we'll take twenty people. They're probably also like, uh, they would take American up the whole restaurant because everyone, all twenty people, would be six feet apart. That's true. <laughs> um, so they're they. I'm confused by this menu. It just says, oh, so it looks like it's a prefix, like whatever they're making that day is what you're getting. Yeah. That's how you know it's fancy. They're like, no, you're, this is what you're going to eat. Ooh, menu can be expanded with cheese from the trolley for 15 well, bucks. The yes. answer is yes. The answer is yes, and please and thank In you. In fact, a double the cheese trolley. <laughs> just bring it around. Just bring it around. <laughs> just, just leave it here. It's staying here. Oh, okay. So these entrees look pretty darn good. Like they got steak tartare. You know what? I, I'm I'm gonna say it. Hot take: steak tartare trash. It depends on. I like tuna tartare better. I, I wouldn't like that just because I don't like tuna. But that's oh, dang. But that, that was dead before it even got to me. <laughs> um, I, I I just remember I got steak tartare and never. I think I might have gotten even twice. And I'm just like always like, ugh. Why did I? Why did I just spend so much money? I should have, with half yeah. the amount of money, I would have just gotten a cheeseburger yeah. with the same amount of meat, it's or, like, or or less. Yeah, steak tartare is one of those things that I've had it before, where it's done extremely well, and I was super happy I did it. Uh-huh. But like, it's not an everyday thing, and like, I'm not unless it's a French bistro, I'm really not going for the steak tartare. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe so, I've just always had it bad, but I. I'm just never going to get it again. They'll never get my business. I am curious by this ham and pumpkin. It's ham fish with coffee and onions. First off, what is what a is, ham What fish? is a ham fish? I'm, pull, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> we are, I'm going to, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're going with this. Oh, ham we're, fish. we're doing it live. We're going fish. Not ham fish. No, which that could be interesting. Or maybe it's supposed to be ham and fish, but they forgot the comma. That's true. But I would, but just go to Google and just type in ham fish. Maybe Wikipedia doesn't even know about the ham fish. Maybe Wikipedia needs some help with this one. Everything we keep getting: Hamilton fish, Hamilton <laughs> Fisher, for the fourth ham fish junior. Oh no, this guy's name is just ham fish. Now that's just <laughs> that's just sad. And he's on C-SPAN. I don't know. Oh this, this is just a lot of information. I'm getting All upset. Right. I'm getting upset. We're we're not. We didn't find the ham fish. This is. Uh, and this, I, I don't know what to tell you, but they made it up. I'm upset. I'm I'm very I, upset. You know, considering how much money you're paying, you'd think they'd remember the comma. You'd, you'd think, think they'd remember the, the remember the comma. I mean, is ham is ham over fish even or ham with fish any good? I mean, if Michelin said it was good. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun. That was a fun little way to that, go into. We got a, much more out of that than I thought we I, were going to. See, I knew that would happen. I, I knew that would happen. I was Good. like, it's a small article, but we can talk about but, restaurants and 
Dutch. It's 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 got legs. It's she's got sea legs. She's got sea legs, bruh. Alright. <laughs> let's uh can you see my computer? I can see, yeah. It's all, all about right. it. All about it. Alright, so let's go to my first article. Uh it's this guy named Sir John Williams, first baronet of the city of London. Now ah. the main thing I I was originally like, eh, this is just like another, like, I don't know. I didn't even really read that hard into it until I saw the last part. But let's, let's just talk about, let's just, yeah, I know. We'll get to it, but let's just, let's just give a little intro of who he is. Um, So, Sir John Williams was a Welsh physician who attended Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom and was raised to be, to the baronetcy. I guess to be a baron. I guess a baronet is below a baron. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, and he is remembered chiefly as his contribution to the collection of the National Library of Wales. That's interesting. I, I feel like it's impossible to do the Dewey Decimal System if it's traditional Welsh. Like, have you seen the words in traditional Welsh? The, the Dewey Decimal System, it just won't be able to handle it. It, need, uh, it needs like if they added physics to it. <laughs> that's how you, that's how it would work. It would work in a quantum physics realm. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. I mean, already the part of his life at Plaslinstaffen and Carmarthenshire. It's like okay, Wales. We see. Okay, you. okay, <laughs> Wales. Back off. Um, I mean, what is this Hamlet? John Williams was born in Gwynf. Gwynf. It's a, it sounds like that game that they play in uh, in Witcher. Gwent. That's what I was oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Gwen. Gwynf. 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 No, it's definitely Gwynf. Uh, it's a small village in the Carmarthenshire in the Brecon Beacons National Park. It is, it is situated between. Uh, why are all these places so hard to say? Tr- Tritrung and the western slopes of the Black Mountain. All right, <laughs> I already have said too much. This is a uh, lot. This is a lot. Let's see: noble residents, missionaries, David Griffins, William Griffins, and David. Who's that? Who's David Griffins? Looks like uh, a. Yeah, uh, he, he he looked like he oppressed a lot of colored people. That's what. Oh, it was like. baby! Yes, I mean he did. it was the church. You know, gotta save, gotta save them. Gotta save them, whether they want to or not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the physician and manuscript. Oh, John Williams, yeah, the, Sir John yeah, the Williams, guy, yeah, the, the guy, guy we're talking about. Yeah, the guy that we're there for. Uh, all right, this is a boring article. So anyway, I mean, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna jump to the interesting part. Which, sure. uh, so uh, Sir John Williams was accused of the Ripper crimes, like Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. and in a book called Uncle Jack, written by one of his supposed descendants, Tony Williams, and co-authored by Humphrey Price. The authors asserted that the victims knew the doctor personally, and that they were killed and manipulated in an attempt to research the causes of infertility. The book also asserts that a badly blunted surgical knife, which belonged to Sir John, was the murder weapon. 
very interesting. Yeah. And then the last sentence says, serious doubts were raised by others, by the author's competence and motivation. I mean, they they even, like, go so far as they, um, like, there was, there was, like, a serial, there was, like, a serial killer in New York City around the time of the Ripper crimes, and they were, like, yeah, this guy used to live in London, so he probably was a Ripper and just, like, absconded to America and just continued the crimes in America. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, so, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because yeah, they they do they do bring up that he was a physician, and that was, and they think that the person who killed, uh, or who was the Jack the Ripper, was a was a physician. Yeah, so just because of how uh, how precise the cuts were. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest. All I know about Jack the Ripper is from the movie From Hell. So yes, take sure. that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> so, uh, but but from what I understand is like whatever cuts he was making was yeah. clearly a surgeon like that knew what he was doing. That's so, that is very interesting. That's, I mean. I, I was like, damn, I was not expecting that to be the last. It's like, oh, yeah, boring life being a physician. Oh, he might have been Jack the Ripper. Oh, by the way, BT dubs, this guy may or may not have been Jack the Ripper also liked to collect shit for libraries. Yep. He liked, he was a collector. Let's it's just say. Old, it's always the it's always the quiet it's, ones. It's always the quiet, weird ones. Watch <laughs> out for them. Or become friends with them so they won't rip you. Yes. I mean Well I'm, I'm not yes. gonna dwell on this because <laughs> yeah, I'm nope. just gonna start crying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right. So I think we got it. I'm sorry, this this is a longer article, but we got much less out of it. But that's fine. We gotta talk about Jack the Ripper. It's all good. I mean, so, for the I mean, for the most part, it's like you know he just they kind of gave a, they kind of gave like a really good their intro pretty much told you everything. He just was like a doctor, a physician, and was really into collecting manuscripts. So, and yeah, so you know, even even killers are helpful sometimes. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Net, moral end of article. End of article. <laughs> It's your your time, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this uh, this this bad boy is the Talatal Gar, and it's a location in Rangpur in present day Sivasagar mm. in Upper Assam. It's probably that's, Assam. Is that that's part of India, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, I knew Rangpur was in India. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is like a part of India. Um, Basically, it's just like it's it's just a large monument that used to be a a, a fort. So let's see, I, the Tatalgar is the largest of all the Thai Oham monuments. So let's see, the Oham Kingdom was a late medieval kingdom in the Brahmaputra Valley in Assam. is well known for maintaining its sovereignty for nearly six hundred years and successfully resisting the Mughal expansion in northern northeast India. Very interesting. So this is like you know a kind of a sovereign nation within uh bless you edit that out (laughs) um so this was a a sovereign kingdom in the northern part of india for quite some time um you know it's the it's it's just a cool looking little building and uh, you know we're talking we're talking about a few centuries of some of some interesting india sovereignty uh there's also a whole thing of like the history. It's a part of the series of the history of Assam. I might want to keep that for another time because I think that would be really, really interesting. But this is just one kind of physical structure. Uh, it was built as an army base 
It had secret tunnels, you know, with three floors below ground to use as exit routes, you know. So it's kind of like this old ass looking place and uh, visitors can, uh, can kind of go to like the first floor and the ground floor. But I don't, it looks like you can't really go within the basement part because, you know, it was built in the 1700s and probably dangerous as fuck. 100%. There was not a whole lot of regulations back then. No, they were like, well, that looks sturdy. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Oh, someone died while building it? Yeah, just put them in the wall. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we, did, we, we did that in America. Why not make it in Ragpour? Hey, that's why, that's exactly... Yeah, which, exactly. Da- which dam was that? Which dam has, like, human bodies in it? Uh, was it the Hoover Dam? Yes, it's the Hoover Dam. Which, so... by the way, super cool. I mean, if you're not into gambling or food or strip clubs, that's one thing to do near Las Vegas. Oh, I didn't know where that sentence was going. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's only because, like, um, I went to Vegas a few years ago. But what ago if for... I'm interested in them all? I mean, you, you can, can have it. it all. You can have, you can literally do it all. I mean, I, I it's, co- it's cool because as you fly into Vegas, you see the Hoover Dam. Um, and so I flew, I flew in a few years ago for a bachelorette party and I was like, that's really cool. But that group did not want to go. I was like, that's, that's fine. I really just want to drink and, and look at, look at strippers. Yes. You know, as a healthy American, let's that's, see. That's just what you got to do. Let's see. I mean, for for the most part, it's. I think it's just an. I think it's just like a an interesting, you know, structure that that exists from kind of an old kingdom sort yeah. of situation. It's a it's an old brick building, and they were nice enough to put a little photo gallery. So you see, there's some like old cannon situations. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you'll look. You see that in the back. Yeah. Um, if, if any of our listeners wants to see a have a real cool look of the Middle East. Um, Middle East. I think parts are in India and parts are just all around the Middle East. There's a movie called Samsara. Mm-hmm. It's the same guy that made this other movie called Baraka. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it's it's like it's like if a movie was a tone poem. Interesting. Because it, it's technically a documentary, but there's no talking. It's all just observation and music. And like, and they'll make and and also like, I don't know. Sometimes he'll. He'll like have one scene after another as like a good juxtaposition of like sure. maybe like whatever vaguely he's tr- what point he's trying to make. Sure. But like the visuals in it are absolutely gorgeous. Like you can't believe like these are like not movie set pieces. These are just huh. real real places in the world that are just like trapped in time. Almost. And where and where can you and where can you watch this? Uh, you can watch it on. Uh, the it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. If you have Amazon Prime. I believe sure. it's also for free on the, I think the Two B Two TV app. Um, oh, I have Two B because I have scribbed. Uh, yeah. yeah, and also watch Baraka. Yes. Also a great movie. Uh, but it, it's also like you have to be in the mood for it because yeah. if you don't have a good attention span, it's a nope. terrible thing to watch. Uh, but not that's terrible. I'm just saying you're yeah. going to get bored because you're going to, get... <laughs> but, but um, you know, if you're there yeah. for just cool, it, it would even be something great to have just on in the background. Um, cause it's just so visually beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But there's this one video that blew my fucking mind in it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it's almost like it, I feel like in the movie, 
he kind of like it's it's a video that he uses to divide the movie like like the first half of the movie is like old worlds and like uh like untouched parts of the world while the second half is like technology and how and just modern uh lifestyles and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's this beautiful video of this guy and he's I think he, I assume from the video, he's like a performance artist mm-hmm. and he like starts off with, he's just like in a room and he is wearing a, a business suit and then he like throws this like, uh, like mud on his face and is running it all through his face and his hair and he takes this ink and presses it into his face and he like puts like pink color where his eye holes are be, would be and like black where his mouth would be and he, and it's like this crazy like, comment on like you know us dressing up for society and um and you know i don't know it's just like it was just like this transformative experience uh Mm. definitely at least watch that i'll 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 put the video in the comments it's just like i just can't really remember the name of it because it's called like i don't know the dance of man or some shit like that but Interesting. Yeah, yeah, show notes. Show note that show. show notes. I mean, it's going the show notes. I mean, I also want to bring attention to you know. I mean, we of course leave the leave the the, the links for stuff, and you can check through some of these pictures. But um, there's this one picture that I currently have on where there's like a family on the roof. That just yeah, does not I, look safe. That looks like it's about to collapse, and they're about to not have the rest of the family. Yeah, I mean, but be- but some really beautiful shots. I mean, it's a it's a pretty big palace thing. They've got you know some corridors. I mean, it's it's cool. I, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for that old sort of uh, you know handmade brick, concrete sort of situations. Um, but yeah, so that's the Talatalgar. Beautiful. We did it. We did it. All right. All what right. You got? What what I got? Let me tell you what I got. I'll tell you what I got. What I really, really got. I got a. I got a. I got Benin ancestral altars. Oh, <laughs> so like from so from like the country of Benin. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So Ooh. just to let people know where that is, that's in Nigeria. Yes. Uh, and uh, yes. Yeah, so according to anthropologists. Um, these art objects or visual images do not merely encode memory, but mere but actively engender modes of recollection. Oh, okay. I that was really cool. Uh, well, let's continue reading. Uh, a, a Benin ancestral altar is a locus for constructing memory. Its purpose was to establish the most lasting way possible that the descended had successfully fulfilled his society, social uh, destiny, or Akonhimoto. Hmm. Therefore, the role of the objects of ancestral altars uh, was to construct memory and affirm social identity. I thought that's that's very interesting. I guess, like, you know, these things are meant to remind us of that people can change society and, you know, can... uh, you know, contribute to society and that, and I guess making the altars, like it shows you that these, these effects can last forever. Hmm. Yeah. At least that's how, that's like my uh, layman interpretation of what I just read. 
I mean, um, I, I really think that that uh, of the things that white people do poorly, I think that we really fuck up the uh, the the whole remembering of uh, and 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 you like eulogizing the the deceased. Like, yeah, man, we're not like, great at it. No, and it's like I mean, in Mexico they have those uh, they have those altars for uh, Dia de los Muertos, which is like mm-hmm. super extra. And I know that they do they they do super extra stuff um, in parts of Asia for like the for for altars as well. And I didn't know that they did this in like uh, Benin as well. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's some really stunning, uh, stunning pieces they just yeah. have, just like boom in your face. Yeah, let's let's see. Uh, since 18th century or possibly earlier, the Oba's altar has been embellished with. Uh, matched pairs of carved elephant tusks reflecting mm. the increase of ivory value at the time. Sure. The tusks were anchored on brass commemorative uh, on brass commemorative heads. Uh, ivory's, ivory's white color evokes spiritual harmony for the Edo. Mm. Thus, its presence enhances and alters sanctity. Ivory's important role as a commodity controlled by the Oba was made it attractive for its use on royal altar, uh, altars. That's hmm, interesting. Cool. Um, let's read one more. Uh, oh, so they have like they have like a they have like hierarchy of altars. Interesting. Yeah. This bra- this cast brass head from the collection of the Brooklyn Museum uh, would have been commissioned for a royal art altar in Benin. Mm-hmm. Its relative naturalism and shiny surface made it both beautiful and frightening Uh, uh, appropriate attributes for a powerful monarch the the coral bedded crown and collar represent the regalia worn by the reigning obas I want to see what what does oba mean well that's new well that's new well that's a very long <laughs> um, oh, not, a ju- like a, not a judgment. Not, no, it looks like I'm, it looks like. Uh, I mean, at least yeah, just a king. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They just had a specific oh, name for it. For, and that makes okay. Uh, it's a Yoruba title, and that's like the religion of like Ethiopia and Nigeria. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now is that the religion that is possibly a offshoot of Judaism? Or is that just, mm. I just remember because there's like these Ethiopians, they have this whole thing even in um, the movie Uncut Gems about there's this group of tribes, there's like this tribe in Ethiopia and they have almost exactly the same uh, traditions as Jewish people. They have, they have a Jew, the Jewish star, they have, they have a Torah, they have uh, like shoulder coverings, like, like when you go to synagogue. Like it, it, they're supposedly like the lost tribe of Israel or whatever. Hmm. I do not know. I don't think it's I, the same. But I just had to go off for a second. I mean, I only <laughs> the only I only know a little bit about Yoruba uh, because of a because of a game I play where they have two Yoruba gods. So I just mm. I don't know. I don't know much. I just know. Is that the bit. same one with the Cthulhu gods? Yes, that's my yeah. They have that just Oleron. sounds that just feels offensive. One is clearly a real religion. There was and a one, yeah, and one is made from a book from a racist. Yeah, there's a lot of there's like a there was a lot of backlash for it. Which like to be fair, they've done they've done some really cool uh, so like they've done some cool regions. Like when they brought up Oleron and Yamojo, who are both from Yoruba, everyone mm-hmm. was like, 
like sweet but can we get more gods and they did like even like a voodoo uh, uh like a voodoo See, but at least voodoo's yeah. like a religion yeah but they only they only put baron samity and I'm like there's so much more that you could do here yeah. and they even have one for like the balkans region mm-hmm. so they have um they have uh Chernenbog and they've got baba yaga but then they uh, baba like, yaga. but then they came out with like mulan and i'm like that's not all right well come yeah. on <laughs> come on <laughs> like, but luckily, you know what? De- you know what? I feel like that's Disney just being like, "Hey, we're gonna throw some money through Mulan." I know she's not a god or she's not, a real she's, person. Yeah, and they also have like Arthurian. So there's King Arthur and Merlin, which you know, I, I all right, guess still a missed. still a stretch. The stretch, but still, still fine, but a stretch. Luckily, the next two gods that are coming out are both from the Japanese or the or the Shinto pantheon. So they already have the they already have um, Susano. So they're now and uh, and um, Susano and crap. What the hell is the name of the sun goddess? Uh, and I really hate playing against Oh no, Amaterasu. That's who it is. So I, I knew what I said was wrong, and I said it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, they're doing they're doing the moon god. Um, I can't remember the name. And then they're doing kind of like, um, they already have um, uh, like a kappa. They've got a uh, crap. What's his name? Kuzenbo. He's like a, like a, he's like a demon. So then they're bringing up another, the a Tanuki demon. So, which I also learned that uh, Tanuki demons do a lot of weird stuff with their ball sacks. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of paintings of like them, like using their ball sacks to trick people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, trick people. What are they tricking them into? They would like, they would like arrange their ball sacks to like look like scary demons and like scare people and stuff. I don't know what to say. That's, <laughs> that was, I just wasn't ready for all that information. No one is. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, I'm, I'm not ready for this. Wait, are they like, do they stand on their hands? So, like, the balls look like where their head should be. It's like I don't understand how this works. You know, do they I'll take have to, pictures of their balls and say, "Actually, it's a demon, but it's my balls." I'm gonna have to see if I can find. The I'm gonna article. need more research on this. I'll, uh, I'll, we'll get I'll back to it. To we'll get we'll get back to you. We're we're now talking about. Oh, did you, uh, so the Oba is just like a traditional leader in Benin, right? Yes, yes. Cool. That's basically what it came down to. Cool. Uh, you know, I think we could move on. We we've we've got enough juice out of this guy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what is your next article? My next and last one, because I had one that was kind of like a backup in case I might just save. It was kind of a short boy, but uh, this next one is actually, uh, I think, going to be, I think it's pretty interesting. It's talking about the uh, Russian Jewish singer, Emil Gorovets. I don't feel that I know who he is. Well, Unless he's like in some play that like uh, like oh, what play is that? Uh, never mind. Let's move on. Anyway. To- to- totally cool. I mean, so Ra- Ramil Emil Yakolevich Gorovitz uh, was a Ukrainian um, you know, is a famous Soviet Ukrainian singer of Jewish origin uh, and he was basically a crooner at the time. He was a you know between a tenor and a baritone, had a bright and lush 
tonal colora uh, coloration and emotional interpretations. Besides his Russian hits, uh, you know, Russian, Ukrainian, Yiddish, he was also known to sing European and American famous hits in Russian. So his stage name really was just Emil Gorovitz, because, you know, what, yeah. are you, what are you going to do? He graduated yeah. from the Moscow State Jewish Theater. As a soloist, he began singing in Yiddish. In 1955, started singing uh, in a jazz band, Moses Strady. Uh, let's just, just for the listeners, just in case you don't know what Yiddish is, Yiddish is like a, it's, it's a language that's kind of a mishmash of a lot of languages. Mm -hmm. It's kind of Hebrew mixed with German, mixed with like Russian and Polish. It's got a little bit of everything that's like Eastern European. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, but, but it's also, there are phrases, it's mostly a dead language at this point, but there's a bunch of uh, Yiddish phrases that have survived because they're a lot of fun to say. and Like, like schlep. Like schlep, or if you want to go for a schwitz, you know. Oh, yeah. Or, or uh, uh, my favorite is schmooze. You know, you got oh, schmooze yeah. with these guys. That's, like, man. Major in schmoozing. Anyway, I mean, just want... I, 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 it's, it's, I get it. Listen, I, I, and as someone who knows a ton of Jewish people, it's really fun when they just, like, say, they just say, you know, phrases. I'm like, aha, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I got a good one for you. So, um, uh, one thing about Yiddish is, like, there's a lot of, just like any other language, there's a lot of sayings. Sure. So, one of my favorites is, uh, uh, you say it, Hakmanishin Chinig, and it means, uh, stop knocking on my tea kettle, which really just means stop bothering me. <laughs> and I just think that's the most Russian thing to say to someone. Like, I stop it. knocking on my tea kettle. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. I... It's, I, I think my favorite um, use of, of Yiddish in popular, uh, in popular you know, cult, cultural references uh, in Parks and Rec, when they describe Jerry as the shlemiel and the shlemazel, you know, <laughs> the guy who drops the soup and the guy who gets the soup dropped on him. And He's Jerry both. is both the shlemiel and the shlemazel, so... <laughs> All so, right. I just, I just had to give... I just wanted to give the ignorant out there just Listen, what Yiddish is. There are not a ton of Jewish people outside of like New York and Israel. We're we're less than one percent of the world, so yeah. we're like we're we're like little mythical creatures that will pop up every so often, and you'll be happy when you meet one. You know, if if you if you need more cultural references, just watch a lot of South Park. Watch South Park. Watch Seinfeld. Yep. If you watch Seinfeld and Curb Enthusiasm, you're you you're on your, you're on your way to being a real mensch. I mean, that's, I would, I would recommend anybody do it. Anybody just watch those anyways. And also, uh, you could watch, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's that really old Jewish comedian that everyone imitates? Um, especially when we want to add accent to what we're trying to say. It just adds a little more power to it. I mean... I'm just stoked that this guy started a, a singing in a jazz band called Moses Tritty because it's like <laughs> Moses and then Tratty afterwards. I'm into it. I'm in. I'm, uh, I'm into it. So Th this is when, this is when um, uh, portmanteaus were real easy. Yeah. Oh, to, absolutely. Uh, that, that just means when you mash two words together, become a new word. I do like that in every every instance where they give a name of something, they immediately give the Russian spelling of it right afterwards. Yeah. So that's like a coop super cool feature. And also, it's it, it's of note that you know, crooner music really wasn't 
like as popular this late in the game. Yeah. Oh, Jackie Mason. That's who I was trying to think. Oh, of. Jackie Mason. If yeah, you yeah. like, if you want to understand Jewish people, at least the ones that were old, Jackie yes. Mason. That's their, anyway. No. Um, <laughs> sorry, but, sorry. I no, just no, no, remembered. No, it's, but it's always interesting because like things came to the USSR a lot later. So mm-hmm. this guy was a crooner, and crooner kind of big band swing era had kind of like died out. And in this time period, like 1955, when he started singing um, with like a touring jazz band, I mean that was like the heyday of bebop, and that was like that's when we were getting into like that sort of stuff. So the mm-hmm. kind of like society big band is no longer popular in the United States, but it's kind of outsourced other places and shows up even later in um, the Soviet, in, in like mm. the Soviet Russian era uh, part of things. So I, I mean, I just generally, I think that's interesting. Cause like, yeah. I mean, some of these dates coming up, I'm like, man, like the revival of big band was, you know, he's more running into the revival of big band in the United States era. So, but also, like I said, USSR. Um, so yeah, there's on. actually a whole Russian jazz scene. That's pretty cool. I yep. mean, if it, do do yourself. And no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Polish jazz. Polish. Oh yeah, jazz. Polish jazz. Um, Man, especially there's, there's this one group that um, they're actually a trip hop group that's Polish, and they usually only sample Polish jazz. They're called Scapel. Scapel. Um, oh, put with, that in the show notes. With a K. Uh, yeah, definitely check them out. They're freaking awesome. Like down tempo trip hop with nice yeah. with nice jazz sampling i mean in ge- in general in general i think that um i was i was very lucky when where i went to where i went to school for i went to queen's college for a master's in jazz and being like one of the only new yorker new yorkers like you know I, it's ingrained in me like bebop 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 but then i met a ton of uh european guys just getting their masters and they would hit me to so many European dudes, and it's like a lot. It's less swinging. Well, like jazz was very like outside of America was much more um, appreciated. Oh, totally. I which mean, is, they, which yeah. is like that's it's just hilarious that it's like the place that births it doesn't care, but the yeah. but everyone else is like, man, what the hell? This is amazing. It's it's also super cool too to just listen to. You know, like because classical music was a lot more ingrained in Europe, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that more straight laced through composed sort of thing. And when they touch on avant garde, it's like weirder in so many senses. Mm. Um, but then I also like the turn that America took with jazz in general, just like influenced, like, I mean, if, obviously, if you listen to any hip hop from, you know, the 80s and 90s and like, that they all just sampled old jazz records because that's yeah. that's their music. Yeah. So you so you get like this Texas and Atlanta scene in the two thousands and on that like really that's the place I like where jazz is now. Yeah. Um, well, what's also cool about that type of stuff, like any of that sample stuff, it's also like it's not just about good samples. It's also about history. It's like a history yes. lesson to listen yep. to that because it's like it's old, it's new, it's it's uh, it's. I just think that's very interesting. That's like a point. I I think I might have mentioned it already. There's a comic called uh, the Hip Hop Family Tree, and they uh, talk yes, about all yes. that stuff. Um, yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, let, let's move on. We gotta find more out about this this nice Jewish man. He's a mensch. He's a mensch. So uh, in 1959, he went on tour in Paris with a group of other artists for the 100th celebration of Shalom Alechem. I hope mm. I said that right. Yep, you got it. 
Uh, he was a Yiddish author and playwright. Oh, he did Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Huh. That's actually the play I was trying to think of before. I mean, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's like about, the standard Jewish play. Sunrise, sunset. Sunset. Sunrise, sunset. sunset. Um, let's see. He won, you know, best, best entertainer in the Soviet Union. I mean, he just, he just, this dude just looks like he just was like really killing it. Um, yeah. Let's just check some of these hits. He was renowned for um, several hits. Known One was uh, a Beauty Queen. I can't pronounce it in Russian. Nope. Um, <laughs> he nope. also the uh, Blue City uh, or like um, I'm, I walk around Moscow hey, it looks like he just like had his hands in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, he was looks like he was not so much a composer himself he just had other people write songs for him kind of yeah. like kind of like um uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Kind of like Frank Sinatra. Like Sinatra really didn't write a ton, but mm. he was just the guy they had hired to, to write shit. Yeah, there's there's actually a whole thing about it. In uh, there's a movie I love. It's called Buffalo '66. And yeah. like, um, have you seen that movie? No, I have not. Great movie. So anyway, there's a there's a guy in the movie that he like his his former job was supposedly like recording demos of mm-hmm. songs to sell to Frank Sinatra. So there's like a whole thing about it. <coughs> Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And so I come to you, my love, my heart above my head. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. That's like a whole industry. That's like before hip hop production, there was this kind of production. Then you just kind of yeah. paired the right singer with the right song or yeah. whatever. And then there you go. Industry, ind- industrial sizing. I mean, you know, I did. You know yeah. No, seriously. Like, and actually, a few years ago, I went to a, an awards ceremony uh, for NMPA, which is the National like Musician uh, like uh, Music Publishers Association. That's what it is. It's it's basically indie publishers all belong to this basically active active uh, activist rights uh, organization, um, and they gave a lifetime achievement award to the guy that wrote um, uh, Summer Wind. Mm. Oh no, sorry, not Summer Wind. He wrote uh, That's Life mm. for Sinatra, and he he very old white guy, of course. And he kind of went a little too far into the story of it because I can feel like he didn't write anything else besides this. Mm. But his whole claim to fame was that they, they got Sinatra in and Sinatra was known as a one-take guy. Mm. And he did one take and then this guy was like, I think you could do it again. And Sinatra was pissed. Mm. But he like nailed the second one and that was the one they used. So, hey man. Hey, that guy has made back off that, Sinatra. You're not always yeah, right. That guy has made that guy probably has made one billion dollars off of that's life. I mean, it was used in mm-hmm. fucking Joker. He probably oh, yeah. cleared that for like five hundred thousand dollars. Easy. I mean, so but yeah, that's I, honestly. I really wish that that something would come up about like Carol King or like you know all these Jewish writers that basically wrote pop hits for black artists yep. back in the day it was it's just yep. this whole thing and it's you you're right the, I mean, the brill building 
yes. I mean, it's, it's super interesting. Um, so basically this guy was, uh, so Emil uh, Gorovitz was, was, was like really pretty well known and it was known in the Soviet Union, but in the early seven, like 1970s, uh, Jewish music was banned from USSR. So he kind of basically like lost his career. And then he, him and his, uh, his actress wife, Margarita Polaskaya, they tried to move to Israel and try to make it work there. But um, apparently in Israel, uh, singing Yiddish and uh, like Russian music was just super niche. And so he didn't do that well. Um, but he did move to the United States and Mayor Edward Koch, Coke, bad guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let him move, basically invited this guy and he did, uh, you know, like a little tour in the United States. Because, you know, again, there's like a big, there's a big Jewish population. There's, you know, a lot of Ukrainians and Polish people, especially in like the Northeast and in the West, you know, just kind of toured around, kind of became this kind of well-known-ish guy that sang in Yiddish for big bands. And, um yeah, this guy just kind of, it, it sucks though too because he was really well known in, in the Soviet Union and in the United States, he just wasn't as well known. Mm-hmm. But it was either that or like he wasn't going to do shit in Israel. Yeah. And yeah, he lived in Manhattan basically. Uh, oh, and then in 1989, you know, when the Soviet Union fall, uh, fell, he made a, you know, made a comeback in, in, in Moscow. And uh, that's, kind of that's kind of it you know he died in new jersey or sorry died in new york was born and buried in new jersey you know terrible jersey accent but that's fine i mean i i I, I, (laughs) (laughs) i'm just offending all of our jersey listeners yep i mean there's so many of them we came and count all three of them uh, yeah, I, actually haven't, I, I haven't looked at our at our at our uh, at our analytics. Yet. Yeah, has has it has it been doing? Has it been going well? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I th- you, I know I know, I know as of last episode we had a total of nine listeners. You know, so, hey, that's an increase from five. We're so. we gotta we gotta get to it. I mean, not gonna lie. Thank you, listeners. I I mean, I, I we love you. Probably- work on a shout out but you know i i let people know people that i've told about this podcast are like i want to listen to it i love it you know we're getting better at it yeah uh, i'd like to shout out Frailbot. yes oh my god and uh (laughs) and micus and micus and uh and and wu-tang we're we're shouting out other people that don't listen to our (laughs) podcast but if you like the doughboys You'll, You'll know love, what we're talking about. But. I just love how every time, every time they bring up, you know, because it has to come up that his friends from Quincy. Yeah. And then Nick's always like, and wheezy and sneezy. <laughs> and <sleepy. laughs> yeah, it's like I have a fucking 80s movie. It's I mean, like, let's see. He, he lived the Goonies life. Let's see. We've got, we've got, we've got Dr. We got Dr. Random. We have Dr. We've Random. Got, yeah. We've, we've got, got Dr. Feldy Roll. Uh-huh. We got, yeah. Uh, of of uh, Queen's Division, Queen's Division. We've got uh, Doctor Doctor Joe Joe, Mister Lindbergh, Lin, Mister Lindbergh. Unlike unlike the Lindbergh baby, unlike he was not the Lindbergh baby. In case anyone people ask him all the time, are you the Lindbergh baby? And he has and to tell he, them no, no, he's not. 
<laughs> so that was my last article. Emil Gorovitz, you did it. You did it. Thank you. And now um, we're on to... Well, I, I had two choices, and I, I only chose this one just because I thought the name of it was funny. Christchurch Adventure Park. I love it. Now, you'd say to yourself, well, Christchurch, they must be Christian. Well, <laughs> well, hate to that's tell actually, you. I hate to tell you, that's just the name of the town. Yeah, Christchurch. It's a Christchurch, one word. Um, there's a lot of people that live there that you don't really need to know. But I just, I just had to point it out that it's not, I thought, oh, wow, a, ch- a, a Church of Christ owns an adventure park. It just like was a lot of information I didn't understand. Uh, <laughs> but, but like adventure and park and Christians, it didn't make sense to me. Now I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm, I, when you, so when I saw the title, I'm like adventure park. Does that mean yeah, it's like, that's what I was like, is this, is this like a Christ roller coaster? Like, whoa, whoa, Christ a coaster. Christ a coaster. Uh, TM, yeah, t- we're gonna build it. Whoops! Uh, <laughs> at, at the at, you have to start off by getting a little cracker, and then yes. it ends with wine. You know, just <laughs> you know, a uh, twenty-one plus ride. You this know, is a twenty-one plus ride. I'm here for it. Uh, and Adventure Park, very misleading. It's just like a national park, huh? Like that's what it is. It's. I don't know why I brought this article up other than the title. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to move on to my next article. (laughs) I'm switching gears. And this one, I think I also just chose because of the title too. But whatever, you're getting a twofer. Sure, Uh, a twofer. uh, We got the slurry pit. Hey, my name's Andrew. Uh, Yeah, excuse me, I'm up here. Stop talking about my slurry pit. Hey, like I'm is, not here. You got to buy me a drink first if you want to get access to my slurry, slurry pit. pit. <laughs> <laughs> a slurry pit is a whole dam or circular concrete structure where farmers <laughs> gather all their animal waste together with other unusable organic matter, such as hay and water runoff from washing down dairies, stables, and barns in order to convert it over a lengthy period of time into fertilizer. And that can eventually be reused on the lands to fertilize crops. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there, but there's risks. Don't don't think there's not risks. There's you can't just gases. you can't just you can't just throw all that shit together and be like it's fine. It'll I, fertilize. I, yeah, I mean, Science. I like I like that. There's even uh, uh, also known as a slurry lagoon or a slurry and, store. Yeah, <laughs> and slurry <laughs> tank. But I would love to open a place called the slurry store. I don't feel like it would do well, but I would go there. I, but we only sell uh, Slurpees, so it's a Slurpee <laughs> store. Slurpees. <laughs> <laughs> but we Seasonal call them Slurries, so it's fine. So we did it. So we did. Uh, Congrats. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, please, please talk about the risks. I do yeah, like... Uh, risks. Uh, yes. Slurry pits present risks of drowning oh my god (laughs) drowning in literal pig shit uh (laughs) as well as suffocation well sure i guess that's kind of the same thing at that point uh i I guess it's just where where is the shit is it around you or down your throat yes Uh, big difference 
same result. You did. <laughs> Decomposition generates gases as ammonia, methane, carbon dioxide, and hydrogen sulfide. Those sound dangerous. Yeah, uh, the latter two are heavier than air and will not disperse quickly from low places. Sure. Carbon dioxide is odorless, and the hydrogen sulfide quickly becomes undetectable by odor by destroying victims' sense of smell. That's Ooh. interesting. Ooh, damn. Well, that's new. Uh, oh, if, if inhaled, they can cause rapid unconsciousness by poisoning or displacement of obje- uh, oxygen leading to hypoxia. Yep, that makes uh, sense. Death may follow then from poisoning or hypoxia directly or by drowning caused by unconsciousness. Huh. So, so, so this is just a giant pile of drowning suffocation and terrible odors that will make you unconscious and may cause you to fall and drown and suffocate on hay. (laughs) Goodness. Goodness goodness gracious hay. I want to be less of a farmer now. I, I, you know what? I want to be a farmer. At least I'll know that what to do in the morning and not just wake up with just questions, question marks floating around. <laughs> you know, that's actually a really good way of looking at that. Because I, I would look up and be, I'd wake up and be like, fuck, I've got to feed the damn chickens again. Again? Well, you know what? Like the other day, I was hanging out with uh, one of my family members and we ate. And I was cleaning up. I was like, oh, you know, I, don't li- I like cleaning up. It's fine. He's like, you like cleaning up? I was like, yeah, I know when, in my normal life, I don't know when anything is done, but when I clean the dishes, I know when it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, yeah, I, I actually also enjoy cleaning uh, the dishes too, because it's, I don't know, it's like... It's very I can, zen. I can just focus on this thing at this specific time, and when yeah. it's done, it's done. It's and like, done. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I'm with you. Yes. Okay, so let's wrap it up. We've We've found out about... Uh, you know, uh, the Jack the Ripper, you know, possible Jack the Ripper. Possible. Uh, we, we found about ancestral altars. We, what were some of your articles? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you stop sharing, I can look at them because I forgot. God damn it. Um, oh, yeah. We talked about a Michelin star yes. uh, a hotel and restaurant. We talked about a cool army building and a... Uh, Jewish Yiddish singer. I'm going to yeah. share those. Um, you know, thanks for, thanks. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Us. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, you know, joining us with this journey. You can find all of our, uh, our articles and show notes. If you want to do some further research, you can also feel free to, you know, check out whatever else. Cause we, you know, we, well, we finally have an Instagram. So we finally have an Instagram. It's well, that's new one word underscore. And yes. you can not you the know, word underscore, but an actual underscore. An actual underscore. And you know, just you know, leave us a leave us a message. We've actually had some really nice people just kind of like drop some DMs, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, interact. We we te- it's it's yeah, we we, we we post stupid shit on the internet. It's fun. But that's uh, us. But that's us. If you're if you're listening, then you'll know that already. Yes, and if you're not listening, then you're not going to hear what I'm about to say, which is fuck you. Yeah, uh, ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> you know so saying? it's so it's it's you know it's a good time. We also you know we leave we leave stuff uh, you know kind of in 
some suggestions for for things to check out musically yeah, and but wise. You, yeah, yeah, we check. Yeah, we'll leave some funny stuff, some music, yeah. anything interesting. Hey, if you guys even find any awesome random articles, send us our send it our way. You know, maybe we'll read yeah. them on the show. Now, I, I would I, love not to have to look this up fifteen minutes before this podcast starts. <laughs> I what actually, I, yeah. I know, I know that, I know that for, we're not at the point yet where we're, where we're doing uh, live shows or whatever, but I had an idea yeah. uh, that, you know, this is maybe a little bit of workshopping. You can see how the sausage yeah. gets made, but you know, instead of a Q and a have uh stump, the stump, the stump, the hosts section where it's like, do you know about this? And then we have to guess. And if we don't know about it, you win a high five and a hug from us. Sure. Maybe not. Maybe not a hug in these conditions, but yes, or like a T-shirt or something. But I don't know. But like, the we'll, stump, we'll, we'll you know. see. We'll see how much you love us, and see yeah. how many people show up. And <laughs> you know, who who knows? But uh, you know, you can also check us out on Instagram at our at our personal stuff. Uh, you can check out Aaron at Aaron Hockman underscore correct. Uh, Aaron underscore Hockman underscore. Aaron underscore Hockman underscore. You can check out yeah. me at Growl underscore Music. You know, go out there and learn something, you idiot. Yeah, you dumbasses. I love you. Love, love you. Be you. good. Be safe. Be good. Be bad. Whatever. Just don't die. And learn. You idiots. <laughs>